Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Welcome back, ladies, to another edition of Fire Fridays. For this Fire Fridays episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I am going to rebroadcast just a quick little bit of a previous episode that was so popular with Andrea Sager. If you remember her, she is a trademark attorney. She's my favorite attorney. She's amazing. And I'm just going to rebroadcast a quick little piece all about trademarks, copyrights, infringement, all of that good, amazing, juicy stuff that she gave us. And I am doing that in honor of an amazing opportunity that I want to tell you about really quick that Andrea has coming up. Let's face it. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is that we need rock solid contracts. Am I right? We have all had those situations this year where our contract has either been a lifesaver or a detriment to our business. So contracts are no freaking joke. And Andrea has an amazing new opportunity coming up called The Contract Vault, which is going to be super awesome in helping you navigate the world of contracts and the legalities of business. But before she does that, she's offering an incredible free opportunity If you want to make sure that you have the right contracts in place for your business and that your business is legally protected and you want to know how to get those contracts without having to spend thousands of dollars or getting screwed over by just copying somebody else's contracts, then you are going to want to join Andrea's free webinar She is doing a webinar on what contracts you need to legally protect your business. She's going to be giving you some amazing tips in this webinar, and she's even gifting you her free contract checklist. And you guys, I've seen it. It's amazing. You're going to want it. In that contract checklist, she's offering custom lists for coaches, influencers, photographers, event specialists, podcasters, speakers, and so many more industries. Andrea really knows her stuff when it comes to all the legal parts of business and especially contracts. So you do not want to miss this webinar. There are three different times that you can attend on June 24th and June 25th. So that is coming up very, very soon. So I am going to link the webinar down below you need to check it out. I'm telling you, you need to be there. Join me. Let's, even if you already have your contract, let's make sure that it is rock freaking solid. Don't let 2020 get you down. Let this be the year that you are like, I got my legal stuff 
for my biz under control. I guarantee you want to be there. You want to learn from Andrea. So head over to that link, join the webinar. It's totally free. You get the free checklist. It's amazing. And then later I'll tell you all about the contract vault. It's an amazing new opportunity that Andrea has coming. So definitely check that out. But without further ado, here is the rebroadcast of Andrea Sager's episode talking about trademarks. So just start off by telling us, you know, what is the difference between a copyright and a trademark? Because I know a lot of people confuse the terms and they're not really sure when you need a copyright versus when you need a trademark. So can you just kind of explain the differences there? Yes, yes. This is absolutely one of the biggest misconceptions amongst entrepreneurs. So basically the easiest way to remember the difference between the two is a copyright is your creative works and your trademark is your branding. So when you think of copyright, you think creative trademark, you think branding. So a copyright that is all of your creative works, your photography, your blog posts, your designs, um, you know, any content that you create, all of that is covered by a copyright. Um, I mean, there's a million different things that can be covered by a copyright, but those are a lot of the big ones. And then trademarks, that is anything that identifies your brand. So the big ones for that are your brand name, your logo, and your slogan. So those that's really the main difference. It's very basic, but that's the easiest way to remember is copyrights. That's your creativity. And then trademarks, that's your branding. Uh, that's so easy. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's usually so complicated for everybody to understand. And I mean, I know the difference, but I've even found myself like using the words interchangeably sometimes. And so you made it so simple. Yeah, I try to break it down as easy as possible and to be as understandable as possible because a lot of people do overcomplicate it, which it can it can get very complicated, don't get me wrong, but for most people they just need to understand just the basic difference, you know, your copyright, okay, is this a creative work, you know, I'm, okay, I'm writing a blog post, uh I'm writing this, you know, long Instagram caption, you know, that's your that's copyright, that's your creativeness. And then your brand name, you know, um, maybe you have your online coach and you have a new coaching program like that. All of that is trademarks because that's your branding. Right. So simple. So you mentioned, you know, like photographs and blog posts when you said about copyrights, I just have sort of a quick question on that. And this may turn into a longer answer than I anticipate, which is totally fine. But do you need to, let's say you're a photographer and you're taking hundreds of pictures for every single session that you do. Do you need to file for a copyright for every single one of those photos? Or say you're a blogger, do you need to have a copyright on every single blog post? Or how does that process work? What does that actually look like? So photographers, there's, well, okay. So for photographers, they kind of have not a loophole, but the copyright office recognizes that there are professionals such as photographers that have, you know, they can have thousands and thousands of works from one session. So because of that, the copyright office allows a multi-filing, which basically 
there's very specific requirements to meet that, but photographers almost always fall under that. So for one photography session, they can register every single photo under one application. Interesting. I did not know and that. Yeah, that, that saves them a lot of time and money because so if you're working with an attorney, you'll have different, you know, the attorney will have their fee, but if you file the copyright on your own, a single application is, it's only $55. So in actuality, it's not very much money. It's only $55 for one registration. And I find those very helpful for designers. Like I, so I have a lot of retail clients, a lot of fashion designers and the single registration there, that really helps them with, you know, registering a single design because that one design can, you know, that can make them a lot of money. Well, for photographers, a lot of times, you know, one photo can make them a lot of money, but a lot of times they're registering or they're wanting to protect multiple photos and it's multiple photos from one session. So they have this multi-filing application available to them. And it's not only available to photographers, but that's really the main profession that it falls under. Right. That's so interesting. I've always wondered how that works because I'm like, gosh, if you had to pay for a copyright for every single picture you took, that would be so much money. So that's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people, so one of the big questions you may, you might have already had this on your list to ask, but a lot of people ask, do I have to register my work? And you don't have to register your copyright at all. You have copyright protection from the moment the work is published. So, you know, you, you take your photos and they're not published yet until you publish them. That means you provide them to a third party. Either you provide them to a third party, you post them online, you make them available basically to someone other than yourself. And that's when they're published. And once they're published, you have copy, you have the copyright protection. Now you still do want to file a registration because there's several reasons, but as an attorney, the main reason my clients want to register is because if we have an issue, a copyright issue and somebody's infringing, well, if you have that copyright before, if you have the registration before someone infringes, then you're eligible for what's called statutory damages. And basically that means, it it means really two big things. Number one is it's basically an easier lawsuit for you. It's easier for you to prove. It's easier for you to win. Um, And then you're also eligible for attorney fees. So if you have, if you're eligible for statutory damages and you sue someone, the other party has to pay your attorney fees, which is huge because you have to, you have to spend the time and money to sue this person because they don't want to cooperate. So because of that, they have to pay your attorney fees, which is huge. And even if you think, oh, I don't want to sue anybody, trust me, I don't want to sue anybody. (laughs) Um, The registration and being eligible for statutory damages is a big bargaining chip in the settlement process because basically what happens is I have a client come to me and they say, so-and-so, you know, this party is infringing on my photo, my work, my design, whatever it may be, they're infringing. Well, if they have the registration, it's 
you know, the other party is basically just ridiculous if they don't want to settle. And when I say settle, they remove the work, they stop selling and they pay a settlement because a lot of people think you have to sue in order to get damages. Well, they're liable for damages the moment they infringe on your work. So for my clients, I really push for a settlement before litigation, which is the lawsuit. We don't, I don't, I don't actually sue people. My clients, if they have, if it's to that point where they have to sue someone in order to get their damages, I refer that out to somebody else because that's just a whole new ball game and not something I want to deal with. But um, so we, I handle the whole pre-litigation process, which is, you know, sending the cease and desist letters and then negotiating with the other party to obtain a settlement for my client. And that registration is what really helps to get that settlement. Wow. Lots of information. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love this conversation because it's not an easy conversation. Like, I love that you're just willing to open up and be like, this is the process. This is what it looks like. If you end up having to sue somebody, here's how it works. And that's just that. And it may happen and it may not, but here's the information. Because so many people are like, oh no, I'm never going to have to sue anybody. And they don't even want to talk about it. And right. So I love that we're having this conversation right now because I know there's going to be so many people listening who are like, well, I hope I never have to sue anybody, but at least now I know what the process looks like. So this is awesome. I love this. So something you said, I, it did kind of bring up a question. So I do want you to kind of touch on this a little bit. You mentioned infringement a lot. So just for people who maybe don't know what that is, or maybe they know what it is, but they're not a hundred percent sure on what it actually covers. Can you just explain what infringement is in regard to copyrights and trademarks? And then kind of let us know what you should do if somebody does infringe on that protection. Yes, good question. So for copyright infringement, this is where someone steals your work. Basically, if you have a photograph, somebody reposts that photo without your permission. So basically that means without a license, because if you have a license and you have permission, there's no infringement issue there. But if you don't have any type of permission, then it's infringement, no matter what. A lot of people I don't want to scare anybody right here because a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I repost photos all the time on Instagram or Facebook. So like, I don't want to scare you, but you do have to be aware because if you're doing it for business purposes, you can get in a lot of trouble. So this is why, you know, sometimes stock photos can be a big issue because you think you have a license, but maybe it's the wrong type of license or maybe, you know, they, you know, somebody said it was a stock photo, but it's really not a stock photo. There can be a million different things that happen there. But basically, infringement for photographs is when somebody uses your photo without permission. For other things such as designs, uh, I, you know, I said I work with a lot of fashion designers. They, they have their designs. Well, people think, there's some mythical 30% rule out there that somebody made up and said, oh, if I change this design up 30%, then it's not copyright infringement. Well, that's not the case because there's no set in stone percentage. So even if you, you know, you see this design and you're using it for quote unquote inspiration, you can still be liable for copyright infringement. It doesn't have to be an exact copy. If 
it, if the two designs are substantially similar, then you could be liable to the original for copyright infringement. So, you know, for photographs, it's an, you know, if they use your photo and, it, and if you, you know, use somebody else's design and use their exact copy, then that also is copyright infringement. But the one that trips a lot of people up is when they try to change a design up just a little bit and they don't, they think they're free of copyright infringement, but that's not the case. So if you want to steer clear of copyright infringement, then you have to be original. Whether you're a designer, you have to create your own designs. If you are a content creator, you have to take your own photos, get your own content. You have to really, really try and do what you can to create your own content with your, you know, have a photographer on call, whatever it takes, because you just, you can't use photos that you find on Google or Pinterest. It's copyright infringement and more and more content creators, such as photographers and designers, they are going after infringers because with all the, you know, there's so much software these days, it's so much easier to find infringers. So the infringers, they're, they're finding out very quickly that they have to pay damages and that can easily put them out of business. So that's, that's basically the copyright infringement part. For trademark infringement, trademark infringement occurs when you have a, two businesses. They're in the same, kind of in the same area of operation. Maybe they're selling the same type of goods or services. And then they have the same or a similar business name. And, you know, if it's the same name, you know, no question, same name, same goods that they're selling, then that somebody's infringing on someone else's trademark. Now, if it's a different name, but it's still similar, the test there is, does this cause consumer confusion? And if it does, then that is trademark infringement. A lot of, um, I get a lot of questions because I have clients come to me all the time and, you know, they start their business. They, you know, they think they spent a lot of time or enough time searching and, oh, you know, this domain was available or I searched Google and nobody had this name. So, you know, I'm free from infringement. Well, yes, that's smart to search that, but you're still not free you're not necessarily free from trademark infringement because you still have to check and do an official trademark search in order to know whether your name is likely to cause confusion with another brand name. So this is, I, I'm trying to get people to really understand this, that it's very, very important to run a trademark search. And it, it's, it's not as expensive as you may think, but it's so critically important. Like this, the, to me, the search is the most important part of the trademark process. Even if you don't want to file an application to have a registered trademark, that's fine, but you have to run the trademark search because I can't tell you how many people come to me after, you know, even just a few weeks of opening their business and they receive a cease and desist letter saying, hey, you're infringing on my trademark, whether it be common law or registered, you're infringing, you have to change your name. And they're upset because they thought, you know, I, you know, I did my research, nobody had this name. And then they say, well, mine is plural, theirs isn't. 
um, you know, one word is different and it, most of the time it doesn't matter. It's similar enough that it causes confusion. And that's where a lot of people get tripped up about trademark infringement because they think, oh, it's not the same name. It's not trademark infringement. Well, it doesn't have to be the same name. The test is whether it causes consumer confusion. Good to know. Gosh, that is so good. I love this information. Yeah, sorry, I just gave everybody an earful. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. This was so good because I know this is really the part that confuses people. And this is the part we get questions about all the time. And so this is really the part that I wanted you to answer. So I'm glad that it was a nice explained out kind of answer because just constantly I'm, you know, scrolling through Facebook and seeing posts in Facebook groups where it's like, oh, this person stole my picture or this person is using my business name. What do I do? And just seeing it all the time. And so I love that now there's an actual answer to this question. And now I can just be like, oh, we did an episode on this. You should listen to it. <laughs> so no, that's totally good. Totally good. So just sort of follow-up question. So how does that work in terms of social media? And I know this may be kind of tricky to answer, but for example, if somebody, if you've got like a trademark on your business name, and then somebody goes and creates like an Instagram username with that business name. Is that trademark infringement or is it different because it's on Instagram? So it probably is trademark infringement. And this is another big thing that I am trying to get people sold on is once you have a trademark registration, I mean, this is, you know, it has to be the federal registration, but once you have the registration, you can give that registration to Instagram and Facebook and they will shut that other page down. So basically I'm, I'm trying to tell people, cause I mean, it's the same for all platforms, Etsy, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon, eBay. If there's a business that's operating or a page name and they're operating that causes confusion with your brand name, you can essentially shut down an online business just by having a trademark registration. You don't have to sue. You don't even have to send a cease and desist letter, but you do need to have the trademark registration. And when I say you don't have to send a letter, you don't have to you know, sue anybody. I mean, it's basically just you, you can do this yourself. I do it for a lot of my clients, but you can do this yourself. You have your registration, reach out to Instagram, reach out to Facebook, whoever it may be. And they, they usually have their own reporting form and you just fill out the necessary information, give them the registration number, and they shut that other page down. Like it's incredible how quick these things are happening. And people just, I don't know if they don't understand it or they don't want to spend the money on the trademark, but I'm trying to tell them like, just get this registration and you'll save so much money in the long run because you don't have to spend several hundred dollars sending a cease and desist letter going through that whole process to make them, you know, change their name here or there, just go straight to the platform. Even if it's a website, if it's, you know, say if it's a Shopify website, a WooCommerce, whatever it may be, go to the platform, the service provider, give them your registration and they will shut the page down. I definitely think that it's the fact that people don't know 
because I know so many people who would be willing to spend the money on a trademark. They just honestly don't know that they're supposed to be doing it. So I definitely think that answered a lot of questions because I know, <laughs> I know that was my question. I was like, well, if you have a trademark, I know that covers if somebody wants to open a brand new business with that name, but does it really cover you on social media? So that's really good to know. That's good information to have. Yeah. I mean, it covers social media, all the platforms. So, cause I'm telling people, I got to tell clients all the time, even if they're on the border, you know, on the fence about wanting to register, I tell them like, you don't even have to use me to shut these pages down. You can do that yourself, but you really, you have to take the time and spend the money to register your trademark now. And I tell clients all the time, yes, it costs money. Yes, it takes time, but I guarantee you'll spend less money in the long run by having the registration now than having to fight someone now and then file your registration because you you know you waited for an issue to come up and so now you decide to file your you know file your application. It just it costs so much less money in the long run to file your application up front. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.